<laughs> that's okay. Um, you're going to get a little thingy that says the recording has started. Cool. Um, that's basically to let you know, you know, that the recording has started. So <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to finally meet you. Angel is sick today, so she might join us a little later, but right now she is supposedly sleeping. So okay. that's kind of a thing. I'm sorry. I'm just finishing my breakfast. Um, but first of all, welcome. Salutations. Um, kind of how I planned this out is that this first hour is basically just going to be kind of getting to know you and Jake and get torqued and kind of what's been going on. You've been following my stuff from the beginning, I think. So yeah. I kind of want to hear a whole bunch about that. And then after that initial, like, kind of get to know you, we can dive into some of your stuff and we can go through it and may or may not end up on the podcast. I don't know. But. <laughs> That's, that's that's where we're gonna start so first of all why don't you introduce yourself steve so yeah i'm steve i'm the head of this small organization uh we we based mainly off of rally and rally racing um but we tend to uh stray into the drift world too um there's a lot more drift local to us than there is rally like currently the okay. only race coming up is in april so for us rally is really difficult so that's um I, I, well, that's where we sort of shy towards the the drift world because rally is so far and few between oh that's where he went he went to go get the shirt on there we go now we, oh, now oh yeah gotta be branded you know <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> but cool. yes um our main our main like goals are based around like growing rally in our region because like i said the first event is three months out um you know it's in the one after that's in june it's another three months out it's it's just ridiculous you know we should be racing every weekend we should be driving every week <laughs> it's yeah so that's our main aspirations are around growing our community and that's where i think my intentions aligned with yours when you were first starting out and I first started this. I started as like a sticker business and now it's just purely motorsports and passion based. And so yeah, bro, I brought nice. him. Up. He he has a bunch of trucks and he uh he was gonna ruin one of them doing a rally race. And I'm like, why don't we go have some getting a car and building it for this? And that's sort of how the whole organization started off. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> cool. So, so ultimately, what got you into it? How did you start? Like, where where did the interest come in for cars for for both of you guys? Um, Jake, actually, hang on. Let me back up. Why don't we introduce Jake? <laughs> well, I'm, hello, yeah, Jake. I'm, hello. <laughs> um, well, I say like probably as a kid with the cars you know my grandfather drag raced so we were always at the track every weekend from a little kid collecting hot wheels building little model cars I, all right so okay <laughs> so then what what ultimately got you in i'm sorry i'm not very well versed in cars angel the co-host is the car person she used to do rally and drifting and all of that kind of stuff and she's sick and i feel really bad that she can't be here um she might jump in a little later but we shall see 
Um, so what what started the whole adventure? What got what got you what brought you together? Like me and Steve? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, shit. Uh, we were probably 12, 13 years old, and we both really loved BMX, and we I think we probably met at the skate park, yeah. so that would be 20 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, we met at the skate park. Um, extreme sports brought us together between skateboarding or BMX. It was one of those, and yeah, before we could drive. Yeah, before yeah. we were driving, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now fast forward. That's 20, awesome. We're trying to ruin every car we own together <laughs> oh yeah heck yeah Did she speak get of the devil <laughs> let her show up <laughs> bum, bum, bum. it's like she knew we were talking about her <laughs> hi <Hello>. sorry <laughs> It's all good. Um, they were just telling me all about their drifting and rallying adventures. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, cool. So, Angel, do you have any questions for them? I know you weren't here for the introduction, but I'm sure that you want to get to know them as well. Um, I think drifting and rallying sounds awesome. <laughs> I wanted to get into drifting before I got into dirt bikes. But um, that was a lot more expensive. <laughs> that, that, is true. that is true. Okay. Um, so what no, started... questions right off the bat, yeah. What started the whole Get Torqued adventure? Well, it originally started off as a sticker and shirt company based around rally and drift motorsport. And... I, it was before I had learned as much as I know now, and I didn't make a sale in the first year and sort of threw, threw away the idea, you know, gave up too quick mm -hmm. kind of deal. I wasn't persistent back then. Um, so um, somewhere in between then and now, it sort of got rebranded as a, just a straight motorsports brand. And we're sort of heading more on the marketing side of motorsports, but um, our, we sort of created a really strong purpose and we've had a couple like volunteers come out and we keep restructuring our purpose to benefit our region and benefit people in our region and yeah build our community and like angel said you know drifting is too expensive it's that's the whole thing is we want to show people how they could do it for three grand you know if you set aside 500 bucks every three months you can have a car next year and you know for for us you know we we kind of want we want to show people that you know you can do it on a normal salary you just get your best buddy and you guys go halves on it and go do it go go do it this weekend you know <laughs> that's amazing oh my gosh you actually like like tickled me a little bit i love it that's really <laughs> awesome so three grand to start drifting huh I mean, we could probably do yeah. it in about four, but yeah, yeah, that's the whole idea is like, it doesn't have to be a crazy thing that you need to plan your whole life out. And maybe when you retire, you get it, <laughs> you know, that's our whole, <laughs> like, we want it to be easier and more inclusive than that. That's amazing. Um, so, so when you, okay, so you've been a follower from the start of kind of a lot of the 
social media stuff that I've been doing and some of the programs that I've, that I've been launching and everything. And you haven't had the chance to join the group coaching program. Like you haven't been involved in any direct coaching whatsoever. And you've been sending me messages like once a month (laughs) of, of the monthly updates. And I freaking love them. And I just want to, I just want to touch base on kind of like, cause I want to show people that what I put out for free actually does help, you know? Um, if you go through it and has it been helpful for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of good points that we've written down and we have to, uh, can't think of the right words. So I've never talked to anybody before. It's the first time. <laughs> it's, it's okay. <laughs> Don't let the scary red circle throw you off. It's it's all good. We we work on that. Don't worry. So following you from the start and being like a believer in like pretty much everything that you teach, for me, the first thing was making my team of four or five people also believe in it and so that we can all sort of take action together. And, um, yeah, I think especially the free content, it it was great on like changing their minds. If you tell somebody we're going to get these businesses to partner with us and we're going to create a rally school and we're going to have 10 cars and, you know, they're like, oh yeah, right. All right. Okay, buddy. (laughs) You know, so, um, (laughs) Yeah, going through and actually like explaining it quite a bit, it was nice. And anytime they had any questions, I was so like further along in your program than they were to where me teaching them more was also helping me grow and learn too. So um, I think that's maybe why why it seemed to be so easy to grasp, I guess. But now, now that I've been listening to the podcast, it's coming together even more where we need the surveys, we need you know, there's some things that we're missing that that I definitely see see that now. But yeah, for sure. I mean, you guys are making massive progress. I actually just pulled up a a question or a, a message that you sent me where you said that you were working on a two to four thousand dollar partnership with local event hosts. Did that ever happen for you guys? How did that pan out? The idea for us is we need to partner with businesses and then we're going to take that money and invest in their organization. And they're sort of small scale right now. So we know both of both of the event, like the, the higher ups, it's um, where, where the DJ and Taylor. Oh, so DJ oh. and it's a couple that we know and they run all of these events and every year they're like yeah we're going to have five events next year and then they have like one measly one that sort of flops anyway and we just want to make sure that that doesn't happen with some of our budget so that's actually us investing in them you know not them investing in us uh, so that's uh and that's wow. where we were talking about um like we did have a little talk with them we're going to eventually have coffee with them once we do have budget um but um with her she was giving us like the first pit like say the first pit on the right after you come in the gate um anytime somebody came up to them when they were busy and asked a question they were gonna just throw them in our direction like oh find someone one of those guys with the get torque shirts on you know they'll answer anything and so we sort of had like a like a event audience funneling to our tent and sort of uh traffic you know uh, driving our traffic up and giving us a really nice premiere spot 
and um yeah so in that arrangement we're hoping to drive our local audience way 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 up and help them have more events per year and well-rounded you know if we need two outhouses instead because the one got really nasty you know if uh, <laughs> as a lady i appreciate that no <laughs> I've, I've been to events with only one and it's terrible <laughs> um so okay so what what made the shift between the sticker company to the whole you can get started rallying at at three thousand dollars each go in with your buddy and like becoming becoming a growth what was what was the shift that happened for you guys? Where did that happen? Yeah, and so it's more for you. I wasn't involved in the first beginning of it. Um, it, it was, I think, in my own development when I started to realize that passion-driven action is um, <laughs> it's going to lead to better success. And so I started to wrap my head around um, more of a mission-driven business rather than uh, you know, item driven or, you know, uh, manufacturing or whatever you would call it. I, I'm, you know, I'm not providing a, a product anymore. I'm more passion based, I guess would say. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I think it would lie in my own development though. It was like realizing that you know, having having a mission statement and a purpose behind the program really takes precedent over anything. Yeah, awesome. Um, yes, Angel, I did in fact just pin them so that they were the big fit. I just had an interview yesterday with the CEO of Custom Chrome, who is the direct competitor of Drag Specialties. And I forgot to pin him in our interview. So Angel's face is really big in the recording video and his face is in the tiny little corner over here. <laughs> so that's in case your screen just changed. I just made you guys the big faces because I forgot to do that the last time. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. That's that's <laughs> that's really cool. I love that you guys are are going after like growing the sport and trying people that it can be done in a budget so have you guys you keep talking about like a work like you i went through your survey that you sent and it was talking about a workshop so are you guys doing like an education-based thing what's what's this workshop that i hear your bits and pieces about well <laughs> everything comes in time for us um eventually the the idea would be to have almost to set up like i imagine you have where there's land there's a venue and there's somewhere to train and then there's also like a classroom setting too so like uh that that part in the survey was just kind of left there from the template so that was sort of on me but uh that was me okay. being late morning when i whipped it together but <laughs> um like the the main program would be based around learning and it would be, you know, learning techniques, skills, and then taking it a little bit further and trying to figure out how to grow budget. So I would be teaching our success on the business side of it too. So sort of mm -hmm. this side, that's where like, I almost try to like, when I'm imagining our, our future, I almost 
visualize something similar to what I'd imagine you have going on where you're, you're hosting a lot of clinics, you're teaching a lot of people, the ins and outs of not only um, how to ride and how, how to, you know, I'm, I'm not very versed on two wheels, but, you know, um, learn how to ride better and also learn the business side of it and how you could ride three to five times a week instead of three, three to five times a month or a year. <laughs> and yeah, just get out there more doing it and doing it easier. And yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up pretty good. Yeah, for sure. So have you guys considered, um, this is just me kind of, kind of blabbermouth in here for a second, but have you guys considered actually putting together a super short, kind of exactly what I did to introduce you guys, where you have like an ebook that's just the, the basics, like a grid map of here's how you start drag racing at just $3,000, you know, like, don't, don't think drag racing is so massive, like start at $3,000 and that can help you grow your email list so that you can release a workshop, like a, a weekend workshop or something where you can invite 10 to 12 people to just join for like a hundred bucks and you can hash out the whole get started drag racing for three grand. Cause I've actually had a lot of drag racers reach out to me saying that they need they need marketing help and, and branding help because it's too expensive for them. So if you have a program already, you have a roadmap of like, here's how to figure out your stuff for three grand. Um, I think that would actually be really useful for the community. And then you could have that at your drag events for spectators that come through or even people that just because I don't know about you, but people in my sport complain that there's no money in motorsports and oh. that that it's like, it's so expensive. I can't do anything. So even if it's just three grand to get started. Is it three grand to maintain too? Like, do you somehow have a like budget program that actually works well for you guys? That's food for thought. Yeah, huh? Not yet. That would be a great way to pay it forward. And like you said, build our audience too. Um, so upon like building our community, people will, I've gotten it three, four, five times now where people will reach out and be like, how do you do what do you, what you do? Where do you go to do it? <laughs> you know, how? Why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, that's exactly why we're trying to structure this so firmly and build straight like standards that we stand by right now so that we can constantly pay it forward and constantly, yeah, help if there's questions, any question, you know, like we've been through it. We've been doing this for both 30, 32 you know, we've been since we were 15 wanting to do this and we're here now. And, you know, for you to be able to do it yesterday instead of tomorrow, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be a really good way to get your foot in the door, at least to raise a little bit of funding to to do whatever it is that you want to go forward and do. Um, one of the things that I talk about a lot is like a value ladder, because unfortunately, as much as I love to help people for free, it costs money to help people like it really does and even if you're trying to help people for for three thousand dollars like the reason why you have a free ebook that just kind of lays it out a little bit is because you don't have the time or the ability to be able to help everybody so you have this pamphlet that helps people and then if they want um more hand-holding kind of a work through just offer something really basic for 99 dollars for a weekend like online workshop and you can really get in depth on that stuff and that'll give you the funding to be able to help the events or get the funding to to pay it forward if you will because 
that's that's the number one thing that I always say is people are like, well, you're making money off of this stuff. And it's like, no, I, I take the money and I pay it forward. Like, it's all about growing the community. Because if you can make money, you're going to put it back into the events or the organizers or something to have bigger and better events. You can invest in media and get more attention on that kind of stuff. So I think starting really basic and, and based off of your story, I'm just playing off of the little bit that I heard and the thing that I was like, holy crap you did that like i'm not even in drag racing i'm like you made that happen like that's a that's a good a good thing to grow the community and get attention is that you can get started hey sam did you know that you can get started drift car racing for only three grand yeah sam just said he thought it would be 15 to 20. <laughs> see and i've been in the world like i i have friends who drift and like i didn't know that so <laughs> Like, I mean, that's, you, that's incredible. You, you got to be really good at marketplace deals. <laughs> uh, you, you might sit there on your phone more than you actually build the car, but. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, and that's. that's level. It's, it's like I said, I've been around it. So I'm, I'm your guys' age and I've been around that stuff since, since I was 19. So I've been in dirt bikes for like really honestly, like three years. And before that was all cars and it's just, like, I've never heard of anybody buying a car with their buddy and doing that. Like, I've heard of, like, you know, your buddy's a mechanic and, like, he's going to help you. So that helps keep costs down. But I legitimately have never heard of somebody buying a car with their friend. And it makes so much sense. And like I said, I've been doing this since I was 19. And I never thought of that. So it's, like, genius in simplicity. I mean, it's the same thing with my program. Like, I don't <laughs> teach anything new. You can find everything I teach you. The difference is, is I show you how to do it quickly. <laughs> so and you don't have to go forward for seven years finding all the information I found. Like I give it to you in, in three months time, basically. And it's it's the same thing with you guys. Like, yeah, it took us 10 years to figure out how to do this. And you spend a lot of time on your phone, but you only do it for three grand. Because there's a, a saying out there that goes, you either have one of two things. You have money or time. <laughs> right. And, and you've proven to me that you have more time than money because you have gone through and dissected every single one of my free content pieces to make it happen for you. So that means you have more time than money. And that's okay because that's what's made drifting work for you at three grand, you know, is, is that you've made, um, you, you've made drifting happen at three grand in exchange for spending more time on your phone. Like, but what is it? The, the specific thing on your phone, you know, you've spent 10 years figuring out the specific things you got to do on your phone to make it happen at three grand so that somebody else doesn't have to waste 10 years trying this and trying that and doing this and doing that and, and nothing works at the end of it, you know? So does that make sense? Absolutely. That's that's actually a really cool thing you got going for you. And I'm I'm actually really excited about it. And I can't wait to see what happens from it. <laughs> yeah, us too. We're actually uh installing some coil overs tonight or today. Oh yeah. I sent there you, you go. Yes, we got a little sidetracked unboxing our suspension this morning. So <laughs> that's okay. It worked out. My mother sent me a thing saying that um the privacy policy link that I had on my website wasn't working. So so I spent like three hours this morning trying to figure out how to make the privacy policy work and I just couldn't. So that's my new mission for today. So I, I get it. <laughs> Sidetracks. We're, we're 
computer literate today. We were trying to get you on the TV and then us through a phone and the microphones wouldn't work and the speakers weren't playing where we wanted them. So now we're just on a phone. Our mic is coming through the phone. The speakers are on the phone. <laughs> that's it. Well, it works. So yeah. that's good. I'm I'm just on a phone. So it's fine. You don't have to be all super fancy for everything. But yeah, I totally get it. Um, I did networking and like I worked with computers for several years and I still struggle sometimes. Like Catherine has this horrible video of me from the other day when we were trying to do the live. To be fair, it's new technology and like a new system, but I was struggling hardcore. So it's not she would just pop you. up on my screen and it was just her eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you. It was, it was a hilarious. It was like a solid ten minutes of us just dinking around inside a streamyard. It was hilarious. Um. <laughs> But beside the fact, though, so, okay, so you guys have this thing. So I didn't mean to completely sidetrack whatever your future goals were, but what was the progression you were originally going to follow? <laughs> um, originally, when? <laughs> like, like you have this goal, you have this vision, right? What were, what are the, the things that you were going to do to lead up to said vision? Because everything happens in time, fair. Um, so you started as stickers and now, now what do you do right now? Right. So now we produce a whole, like way too much content, <laughs> way too much content. Um, and we plan on just being really persistent and, you know, never, never throwing in the towel. So constantly filming everything we do, you know, we're going to go out and work on the car and we're going to film every minute of it. And, now this time we might actually make an intro video because we're getting used to being on camera a little bit more. But yes, it's film everything we do and then later go over and do voiceover work. And it's, I mean, we don't really have that big of like a YouTube following, but with persistence, it's one of those things where I, I said before I gave up way too soon on the stickers and shirts. Yeah. And this thing is, I'll just do it the next ten years, you know. If, if you want to help or not, it doesn't matter. If it's just something that we do, it's part of who we are as a brand. We we make content, we race cars, we drive cars, and that's pretty much it. It's uh, we are we have like a big standard of trying to keep everything off of the streets, and you know, instead of words like I and me, we try to use words like we and us and our stuff rather than my stuff and. <laughs> You know, it's it's we try to be super inclusive with everything we do and try to bring our small community with us. That's really important. That's amazing. Oh, so, OK, I've got a really great question for you. So with your with your goal and your mission, right, I know I kind of just shook it up a little bit, keeping it off the streets like Kevin. Yeah, true. I had a student. His whole thing was he. Um, he was a road racer now but he used to take that on the streets you know he would he would street race and stuff on on the bmw s 1000 rr and all this jazz um and he got in trouble a lot with the law and he did high speed like evasive stuff until one day they followed him into his neighborhood they didn't follow him home but they followed him into his neighborhood and he was like okay too close um so he took it to the racetrack and now he works with the local the police department 
where instead of when they pull somebody over for speeding on the street, like excessive speeds, you know, 100 miles an hour or whatever, he'll give them a warning and they'll hand him a pamphlet with an adopt a newbie program where they go to the track with Kevin. Oh, that's um, super. To introduce, yeah, to introduce them to, to racing and like satisfying that high speed thing outside of the streets. And also so. not just take their license right off the bat too. So yeah. <laughs> well, if you do it again. <laughs> He's got a ninja and he doesn't even ride it. I mean, you said it scared you the last time you rode it, right? It was something like that. Yeah, it's a little broken. So, oh, it's broke too. That's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> I've done my fair share of 170 miles. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, I mean, at 32, we want to keep it off the streets, but when we were 17, maybe yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's really cool that you have that going. So that's a separate angle. But I wanted to ask kind of what, who is your target audience? Who's your ideal? Like, who's your fan? Who's, what does that structure look like? I know, I know we've talked about it a little bit and you've asked about audience avatars a little bit, but I'm curious to hear what you got so far. Yeah. So for me, I know to look in my past for the best audience. Um, so look at things that I've liked in the past, like 10 years or so, things that I've been into, brands that I've followed. And I, I don't exactly try to emulate them, but I definitely like take notes, so to speak. And like, uh, a lot of motorsports brands and stuff like that. Um, but I know to you, yeah, you're supposed to look at yourself. Um, but then I'm a welder now. So that's like within the last three or four years, he does industry sort of specific stuff to the same industry that I'm in. So we also have this sort of side angle where we're targeting machinists and welders and also blue collar guys, right, blue collar industry specific people. And it's crazy because I posted that survey this morning and two of the few people that already did it were machinists. And one of the brands that we're targeting is a, a distributor for industry specific stuff. So it's already like sort of, you know, the pieces are falling together and, you know, you don't even have yeah. to cross on. <laughs> yeah. That's so. kind of fun when your survey actually aligns with the audience that you're, you're going for. Absolutely. Yeah, but this is all really exciting to hear. Like I said, from somebody who, you know, has been at least around this stuff, like this is really cool. I wish I had had this when I was younger because, I mean, I love what I do and I love dirt bikes, but like it would have been really cool to like not thought that drifting was just going to be a dream forever. And like you said, like if that was my when I win the lottery, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> like. <laughs> Get my 401k money. I'm going to spend it on a drift car. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like, that's the thing is I had a lot of friends who, you know, they were really good at like turning cars and like flipping them and whatever. So they made a lot of money doing that. And so like they're buying 15, $20,000 drift cars. And so that was like all I knew. I didn't know you could buy a car for cheaper and like turn it into a drift car. So this is really cool, you guys. I'm super excited for you. Like, you can't see me, but I'm smiling right now. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> so following along those lines of, like, your audience is machinist, but you're looking back 10 years, 
what do you think about, and again, I'm just spitballing, just based off of what you're hearing, this is kind of like a 50-50, I'm, I'm basically doing a one-on-one, but also a podcast interview at the same time, um, or I guess two-on-two, question mark, <laughs> something like that. Um, <laughs> where, what if instead of, of being so generic of like, well, we've got this audience and this audience of like, it's ten me 10 years ago, but also welders, what about those people who are trying to get into dry or trying to get into drifting and they're not, it's, it's funny because I have the image of the person in my head, but now trying to describe it as funky. Like they're trying to get into drifting and they're kind of that dopey, like just out of high school, like 19, 20, not sure what to do with their life. They're kind of dinking around a little bit and some stuff they probably shouldn't be, but they want to do cool stuff like <laughs> drifting, you know, it's, it's cool, flashy, get all the, the under decked lights. Like that's the person you're kind of talking to because you're talking about budgeting, um, like budget racing. But along that way, you you pitch that whole like, yeah, get started drifting for three grand. But the thing you're actually teaching them, you're giving them trade school, you're giving them trade skills, you're giving them like the ability to be independent and like work on their own stuff by going through the machining, by going through the welding, by being able to speak on like building your own car. It's kind of like a separate education for building a successful person for the most part, because. There's a saying in road racing where give them a bike and they can't afford drugs. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, there, and then there's another sort of like business that I I sort of threw in the towel on is like, but like personal coaching stuff. And I'm like, I I don't think that I'm developed enough to start that up, but that's, that would play hand in hand. (laughs) Um, Cause I have like gone down the lifestyle route and the brain science route and I mean, like, I've done a whole lot of reflecting, but uh, I I sort of, like, building an audience for that side of a different business, is it's just different. Like, I can drive a car and film it. I can take apart an engine and film it. But if you want me to, like, stand in the, in the trees and talk about positivity, it's kind of, it's a little different, <laughs> you know? So, uh, that... No, but, but what is... What is what is the reason that you do all of this? Like, how did you get started in it? Like, so, you know, it did something for you. There's a reason that you developed this passion for it, right? So what was it that got you into doing that? Was it like, you know, did it keep you out of trouble as a kid or, you know, something like that? Like, that's literally as basic as it has to be. You know, you don't have to be a professional to go and talk to people about how, something changed your life. We're, we're talking about it right now. You know, like I'm not a pro, you guys know way more than me in the drifty. Like I know a little bit, but, um, you know, it's, it's really inspiring when you share your story. And I think that that's a big thing. And even if you're not doing it, like, you know, as like a separate company or whatever, doing like being a coach for these people, especially like Catherine was saying, my, my thought immediately went to 19 year old me who had no idea what I was going to do in life. And I was just like, yeah, like, I, I don't really know, but I'm showing up to the car scene. I didn't know if I wanted to drag race or drift or whatever. I couldn't afford any of it, but you know, I needed somebody who could kind of mentor me. And that's exactly what my thought was to was like, okay, so why did you get into it? And then you can just tell that story. And that story resonates with people, especially somebody who's young, that really helps them. Um, 
you know, keep and like she said, it kind of keeps them from other things. It could keep them from drugs. It could keep them from, you know, who knows what kind of lifestyle. But that right there is really inspiring. So when you figure out what your story is, why you started doing what you do, then that that's going to elevate you guys to a whole new level. There's, I'm going to let you sit with that for a hot second, but there's a really interesting stigma that's been going on. I actually just had a stunt woman message me, a Harley Davidson stunt woman. And she was like, I don't think this can work for me. And I was like, well, why not? And she goes, because I built my brand off of illegal stuff, but I want to help women get more confident. And those two clash. Like I can't, I can't keep my brand and the people I have because I started doing illegal stuff and that's how I built my following to wanting to grow the industry with women in a, in a respectable business. And I was like, you can do both. Like you can literally just go to Harley. That's Harley Davidson's whole thing. Just go to Harley Davidson, have them shut down a street and you can film it like that street outlaws. I was there racing road racing when they filmed their whole like Minnesota street racing scene. I'm like, this is phony. They're in a closed track with street lights. Like it's not outlaw racing. It's a racetrack. Like this is whack, you know? So you can actually, you can still have that like grungy racer vibe, but still provide a safe space. And it's not like for some reason, everything in racing comes back to like drugs and being illegal and being like, but (laughs) it's interesting when you actually get in the community because there's two sides of it, right? There's that part of it. And then there's the people who did it. And they're like, no, that's, that's bad. Like, don't do that. (laughs) So being able to speak on both sides is kind of, cool and a good way to grow it you know you know up until the point where angel said that i didn't i was thinking about myself five ten years ago but i wasn't thinking about what i was doing five ten years ago and mm-hmm. what you know people i was around and the the parties i was going to and stuff rather than you know i'd be riding like she said to car meets in the back seat of a race like somebody's tuned out eclipse and going in the middle of the night and I'd be drunk in the back seat thinking, man, I'd love to have a car like this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's great. Yeah. I never like put that, that whole twist on it. That whole perspective really sh- shook me up a little bit. What about you? You think back that far? Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff back then. Right. Sure, a yeah. lot of street racing, a lot of like drinking, just yeah. going places. Mm-hmm. A lot and, of- and even like, like, you know, you guys are talking about drinking. I, that was something that I did a lot when I was younger too. First of all, it was illegal. Um, but second of all, think about how much money we put into drinking when we were that yeah. age. And if we had somebody tell us, dude, look at how much you're spending and look at how much you could be putting into your car. Like you said, you put $500 away, like that's, that's putting you to where you need to be. And you could easily spend that much in alcohol in like two weekends. So like, and then it becomes, all right, somebody has to put that in your face. So when you're 19 years old, you know how it is. Nobody wants to, you, you don't want to listen to anybody say anything, but when it's the dude who actually has the cool car and does the thing that you want to do you're more apt to listen to them because you want to get to that point so I I think that you guys are really really close to where you want to (laughs) be yeah and think about this too I don't know about you guys but I know 
like I got the opportunity to start when I was 19, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I dinked around until I hit 23. And then I was like, oh, I want to do dirt bikes. And then just this past year, I was like, oh, I actually want to do hard enduro. And I started like way too late. And, and I mean, there's never a wrong time to start, right? You can still go pro at 20 something. Um, but like, if they had the ability to, to start right in the right space with the right mentors to build the right stuff, to set them up for success, can you imagine how much bigger and better our sport and industry would be? So. Imagine if we had the opportunities that we have now uh -huh. 10 years ago where we would be now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can even speak on that point too. You know, it's not just like, hey, listen, like I'm doing this because I want it to grow. You can be like, hey, listen, I'm doing this because I know that I missed opportunities and I'm not saying that I'm not where I want to be right now, but I want to make sure that you have the best opportunities to go forward. You know, I uh, when I worked with Kevin, Kevin got a lot of hate because he only had three practice days and one race under his belt when he got a factory team deal. He signed a factory team with one race and three practice days. And everybody hated him because they were like, he's the new kid. He didn't put any blood, sweat, and tears into this. Like, he doesn't deserve it. You know, that, that kind of stuff. But I don't think that just because you suffer doesn't mean that the next generation should. Like, we suffered so that they can have different suffering, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's... It's constantly progressing towards something better, something something bigger. It makes it easier for them to get into the sport. Yeah, I say I I grew up. We raced dirt bikes a little bit right after high school, and I didn't even know there were sponsorships or factory riders. You know, yeah, there was like mentoring me. You know, speaking about all that. Now I'm my boss work rides dirt bikes he's got a 125 and he's talking about getting back on a 250 soon and i'm like wouldn't it be cool to just like pick up one sponsor and have that five grand be your tires for each year or you know mm -hmm. like you can have one you know one partner and still work your 40 hours a week but have, be able to grab that much more seat time time on the seat you know prep time and him like already changing people's perspective around me a little bit like think about this like you know your girlfriend's a marketing manager at a ski resort I'm like and they have off-road courses you know i'm like i'm trying to get his wheels turning <laughs> yeah yeah it's all about perspective and the cool thing is is if nobody tells you then you don't know that there's a different perspective from what you already have so and that's that Bring it all back around. I feel like we kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent, but it was good, right? It was a good tangent. Always good. <laughs> cool. To to kind of bring it all back around is like, in order to have a clear understanding of like what your end goal for the thing that you want to do is, one of the things I talk about a lot with my group coaching students, it's called a value ladder. Um, because so Zach's big whole thing is he wants Carolina dirt bike rentals. He wants to have adventure tours. He wants to have family tours. He wants to have events. He wants to have all of these things. But the problem is, is he has all of these things and he doesn't like know where to start because he has all of these things. So we, so we work backwards. So you have this idea, you want to do like a mentorship program that helps, that shows people how to get started in, dr in drifting for three grand. Um, and, and you want to, and through that program, you know, you kind of mentor them, give them the skills to be independent, start a trade, whatever. Um, so that's like the end goal. So then you work backwards, right? What's the, what's the, the like goal? Like, what does that look like? 
Like, is it a membership site with a community, with an online course, with with uh, resources, mentors? Like, what all happens inside of that? That's like the last step, and then back it up a step is like workshops, or maybe even a live event, like a live event where everybody would come to you guys, and you could host like ride a little bit, classroom, like talk about some things, and then you have like a build a car day where you just all collectively come together to build a car. That could be really cool, like a really cool scene to have. Have. And then you back it up another step and then you have just an online workshop where you guys can build a car and you can like show it on the computer and be like, this is how you do this thing. Um, like follow along. And then the next step after that or below that is getting them started with a free guide. Kind of kind of see the back pedals of mm -hmm. like and that's how you build up to the thing that you want. Maybe, kind of, sort of. Yeah, uh, well, I was just stuck. My brain was stuck on the word activations as you were talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you, and then because now you have that ladder, it's called a value ladder. You can talk to sponsors when you're not at those levels yet. And you, you can say, hey, listen, two years from now, we're going to do this thing right here. We're going to do an in-person event three day one of the days is going to be a build a car day we're going to have three cars and there's going to be like four teams we're going to document the whole thing and it's just going to be giving people experience and the ability to like practice welding and all this stuff and then they're going to go race together it's like a really awesome engineering workshop at college like i just think of that when we had little rc car competitions and stuff um, and you could and you could be like i want to build this relationship now before we get there because I want you to come along with the story so that the people who do come to the workshop are invested in you as much as us and the success of the whole deal. That kind of makes sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we have that kind of goal later down in life, you know, in this project. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I think that's kind of what you're talking about, kind of, right? The workshops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's this really cool thing that that not a lot of people think about, and it's I've seen it in a lot of different examples. Um, one of the examples I like to use is that I really like flowers. I'm a girl. I like flowers. As much as I love dirt bikes and mud and all that stuff, I really like flowers. And I really genuinely want a garden. Um, but I don't know about you, but flowers are really expensive. And being able to maintain a garden is really, really, really expensive. But... The government currently has a program going on where they pay you to build a bee garden or a pollinator garden. So you go get the government, you go get the money from the government to build the pollinator garden. Well, now that you have this pollinator garden, you have a ton of bees flying around. The government pays you to build bee houses. So you go build a bee house. Now you have honey on your property. Now you can take that honey and you can go sell it. And I just paid for my garden, the bees, and now I'm making a profit and I didn't pay for anything. There's another thing going on. I just studied this in marketing. Um, I was just in a podcasting class where the guy I was talking about, one of the things he does is he builds his brand by interviewing really high-end industry professionals. You know, he brings in like Tony Robbins. He brings in Gary Vanderchuk, um, all of these like crazy, super popular people. And he just started his podcast. He doesn't have any numbers on his podcast. And they're like, well, how did you build, how did you get Tony Robbins on your podcast when you only have 20 followers? And he goes, well, I guaranteed a million views within seven days. And I guaranteed a million views within seven days 
by boosting that post on Facebook. And nobody can say they can guarantee a million views. Well, I don't know about you, but boosting posts costs like $3,000 to get a million views. But I went over to Entrepreneur's World and I said, hey, I'm going to have Tony Robbins on my podcast with a guaranteed million views. Do you want an ad in that podcast to Tony Robbins' audience? And they said, yeah. And they wrote him an $80,000 check. So he made 70 grand on an interview with Tony Robbins by getting the interview first, guaranteeing something, and then going to somebody that wanted that audience. And so, so how that kind of pans out is like, have the thing, like build out the thing, build out the in-person workshop that you really, really, really want to have. Say this is happening in two years. This is what we're going to do to make it a success. Do you want in on that? And they'll be like, yeah. Of course I do. That's brilliant. And you go, cool. And then they pay you to make that thing happen. And then you pay entry. Like people have to pay to come to your, your event because it costs money to help people, unfortunately. <laughs> so then you say for $500, come to a, a three-day, four-night drift rally education event, something. I don't know. Build your own car. You're going to race it. We're going to teach you how to race it. We're going to give you the skills to be able to work on your own car. And we're going to teach you about marketing. And then you can even have guest people come in from those companies. Like that is something that I would want to come to. I'd be like, yeah, please invite me to that event. And I will do a live speaking event engagement for like two hours on motorsports marketing and sponsorship, because that gives me the ability to sell to your audience. Just like it would be beneficial to have Tony. Robin's come in and be a life coach or, or Eric Thomas because he can speak on being a kid on the street and becoming a successful person and you can get I don't know a good welder but you could have a welder come in and talk about fabrication you know and demonstrate a lathe machine or something something along those lines and every single one of those things benefits your audience you're doing it for them yeah oh absolutely that's cool. I'm thinking as you, as you're talking about like our, our partnership with the event organizers and even before we own our own land and stuff, we'll be able to work with them, maybe have the day before the actual racing and have like a little clinic and have, you know, anybody that wants to that's racing this weekend come. And for, you know, if, if you're entered in the race, it'll be a discount. <laughs> and yeah. so that, yeah, that's, that's great. And we can show them you know, a little bit of the basics, a little bit of car control and swinging the weight around so that they'll be safer. Maybe they won't wreck their rig while they're out there. Yeah. And they'll be more competitive. So then for us, we'll have better competition. And mm -hmm. everybody likes a good competition. So, yeah. And so, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I, you got my wheels turning again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a great place to start is clinics. And I always say my selfish reason for like teaching sponsorship and stuff is is, well, I want more people to ride with on the weekend. And I think it's really important to have a selfish reason. because People are always like, well, what's the catch? It's like my my big evil plan is that I want more people racing. Uh, it's the end of the world. Like your big evil plan is you want more competition because it makes the races more fun. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, Angel, what's your big evil plan? What's your world domination plan? She's 
panically trying to find the, the unmute button while she's driving. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, my big evil plan is <laughs> not really big evil plan, but uh, I want to be um, like a, a role model for um, Hispanic girls in, in motorsports. Well, specifically in dirt biking, because there's nobody who looks like me who rides. I've never seen anybody look like me who rides. So that's what I want to be able to get girls from the hood that I grew up in, essentially, and um, have them get into into riding. So, you know, it, it can be as simple as that. Big evil plan. <laughs> Uh, and well, yours, I mean, I've been hearing you say that, that your selfish plan is to have more people to ride with, even during the week, you know, I've heard you say, and like, yeah. that'd be great to go out and hit trails with people in our Subarus on a Tuesday or something. <laughs> but uh, that's, I think, sort of where our mission sort of is a little selfish, too, is uh, we just want the communities there. Um, like there's no there's hardly any local events uh, that event um April 13th is four and a half hours away <laughs> so I mean we're and we're but this year it's supposed to pick back up in in our area but it's one mm -hmm. of those things where without us without a couple people really driving it I think that it just wouldn't happen and that's where I think there's a huge like niche or niche for us to dive into and try to you know sort of take the reins even even if just a little bit just just to get it back to this area so you know the guy down the street with an off-road vehicle doesn't have to drive or think about driving four and a half hours to race with us we'd rather have it be 20 minutes away or something to where you don't even have to worry about towing it home if it if you mess up your stuff on the way or on the weekend <laughs> yeah yeah and um i'm gonna wrap up the whole this is probably where I'm going to end the podcast, but I'm going to wrap it all up with one solid statement. It costs money to be able to run those events, which means if you want to help your community and help grow the sport, especially in the area that you're in, you unfortunately also need to charge people money. So I just, just want to reiterate, like when you, when you go forth and talk about this endeavor, it's great to help people. It really is to help people for free and to be able to like give them all of the resources in the world but you really need to understand that if you want to grow your sport you have to get money you have to get paid to deliver the services that you do um and and that's something that you should reiterate to your sponsors one of the questions you sent me was like how do i convert the sponsors i currently have that are paying us discounts or giving us discounts and we're paying them money like how do i convert them to paying sponsors honestly Message your contact, whoever it is inside of that company, because usually they give you an agent or a rep or somebody to talk to. Message them and be like, hey, our plans have changed. We're really looking at, at hosting events here. Um, I would love to sit down and talk about if there's a way that we could work together to get those events running. And then during that conversation, ask them what their goals are. Ask them what they want. Is it is it awareness? Is it education? Is it they just want to inspire people? people they just want to be the brand awareness they need more leads like whatever it is and then you can sprinkle that into into your game plan right so sometimes the exchange isn't so much like i don't come and publicly speak or do one-on-ones unless i get paid but 
for your event, you would say, Catherine, I can't pay you. And I'd say, okay, but can I sell my coaching program at your event? And if you say yes, I would, I would evaluate and be like, well, usually I have a closing rate of 15 to 20%. If there's a hundred people there and it's a a $1,500 program, then I can usually average about six grand worth of sales. Like deal, like I'll come out. Sure. You know, so it's not always, if for some reason you can't, like they say, no, you got to pay us, try and figure out different ways to leverage what you already have going for you. Don't just, don't just like take no, no money. It's like, okay, what else can we leverage? Is there a research and development budget? Is there a sales budget? Do they need to network with other brands? That's a good one too. Like I'm a clinic business. You're an education and motorsport business. Um, you'll probably have a fabricator there. Does a, does a, whoever your welding company that you want to go to, does that fabricator run his own shop? Does he need an exclusivity deal? You know, so you can network business to business through your events too. It's not just you to a single individual. There's so many different routes within sponsorship and activations that you can, you can finagle with. I've heard you say time and time again, that business to business is where the big money is and uh, communications is where the big money is. And uh, Mm -hmm. we've been, Sort of trying to wrap our head around it and until you gave me that example i was sort of still in the dark about it i'd say pretty good and that makes total sense now is you know we're networking industry professionals to industry solutions and mm-hmm. that's where business comes into play yeah one of this is a good example that i found works really well with a lot of people when i was first starting in sponsorship, I originally started with my very first sponsor was a vinyl wrapping company. And I came to him and I was like, this is perfect. You're going to wrap my motorcycle. It's going to look great. I'm going to win. And people are going to be like, dang, your motorcycle looks so good. Where did you get that wrap? And I'm like, you just go here. And then they would obviously all buy the wrap from him. Like that was what I told him. And he's like, Catherine, I hate motorcycles. Like I hate them. There's so many curves. There's so many angles. Like you got to know what you're doing. And I don't make any money off of it. Like I make money selling fleets of vehicles. So how are you going to get me fleets of vehicles? And my response was like, I don't know, but some of the racers at the racetrack are like business owners and tradesmen. I bet you they have work vehicles. And he said, okay. And so he came to the racetrack with me and he didn't see me race once. He didn't know how I did. He didn't even know that I made it on the radio. Like didn't know that I got an interview or any of that stuff. He was too busy talking to everybody. (laughs) And then after that experience, he told me, Catherine, you got to go talk to, I, I, I even forget the company and I feel really bad. But he told me to go talk to this soap company. They own Simple Green. Um, so I went over there and I was like, hey, I want to put your soap in my power washer. And I want to have the power washer set up so that people can like test out your soap, see how well it cleans the bikes. And then because after some of the races, we go through salt fields. Then you have to clean that off like right away. Oh. Otherwise, your whole machine's going to rust out and it's all your seals are going to be blown. And it's going to suck. And they're like, no, <laughs> we literally don't sell anything to consumers we don't have a consumer bottle we sell it to distributors they put it in a consumer bottle and they sell consumer like we don't want that and i was like hmm okay who do i know that can handle large quantities of cleaning soap and i was like the gas station i know the owner of the gas station down the street what if we put your cleaner in their car wash and they're like yeah yeah we want that is can we do like an exclusivity for that so i networked the soap company to the gas station. I didn't handle anything with the deal. All I said was, hey, here are the two numbers. 
you call them, they call you, you do whatever you guys do. That's not my business anymore. So like different ways to think about that too. That makes it sound like no work at all. (laughs) It's exactly. I mean, the thing they're paying you for is your 10 years worth of industry experience. Yeah, because you know the people that you know. And they don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, um, for me, Angel is invaluable to me. Do you know why Angel is invaluable to me? No. Angel knows Eli Tomac's manager. Angel knows somebody who I I um I sent Angel a message because Lionel Messi just signed the sponsorship deal. He turned down 1.6 billion dollars in exchange for 150 million. But wow. there were so many inner workings that happened in that deal. I just geeked out about it. Like there's there's not enough time to be able to talk about it. Yeah, but it was so cool. I'm writing it in the book, and I texted her, and I was like. Angel, I need an interview with Lionel Messi. And 10 minutes later, she sent me a message back and she goes, here's his agent's contact. (laughs) I do what I can. (laughs) (laughs) Angel is invaluable to me. And that's one of the benefits that we offer even our clinic students. Like we have a whole thing that's like, hey, if you come take our clinics, you have the option to enroll in. There's only six spots. You can enroll in for two ninety seven a month. You can have every single person on our team's phone number, but only for those, only for like the months that you're enrolled in. And you can message us once a week, or jump on a one hour call with us once a week and figure out what it is that you need for each person. Sam is the mechanic, the R and D expert, and um, and builds everything. So if they're having issues with their toy hauler, something blew up on their truck, if they need things in their bike. Sam's the man to call. If they need welding advice, fabricating advice, it's all Sam. If they need mindset stuff, they call Nick. Or racecraft stuff, they call Nick. If they need marketing stuff, they call me. If they need networking or nutrition, they call Angel. Like, so it's, there's so many different ways to position yourselves to be able to help your community and still, like, offer reasonable pricing, you know, because you want it to be affordable to them, but you need money in order to help people. So we can restructure our entire program to be more based around like that. Dylan is a photographer and he does some film work. Uh, Christian mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. and he does, you know, he's yeah, a, media. yeah, a lot of like digital media and stuff. And then our other guy that we know, he does like street racing and drag racing and stuff where if anybody asked us about a street car, we'd be able to send them that way. And yeah, that, so that we can actually restructure, get torqued to be more of a consulting, like, yeah, motorsports consult yeah. group. Hmm. I call why. it me- the hardcore mentorship is what I call it. Yeah. Because nobody likes consulting. Everybody assumes consulting is expensive. So I just call it the hardcore mentorship. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I say the level below that I call apprenticeship. So I have a forum that everybody goes to for just $97 a month. There's a forum where they can upload video questions or regular questions, and it just goes to a bulk community. And like, yeah, we'll, we'll see it, but it's not as it's not as in-depth like this. You know, like this is this is what I would consider hardcore, hardcore. For $297 a month, you can have once a week meetings with any of us and like sit down and, and have these kinds of conversations. Um, and along with an online course and a bunch of other stuff. But it all comes down to like 
being able to provide that value and understanding that, that these things are helpful and beneficial. And it's not you selling something, it's you helping. You are helping. Yeah. And you're growing the industry. And people will recognize that and they'll flock to it and they'll love it. That's even since we started the community, it's it's crazy the people that, like I said earlier, reach out and ask how and why and where. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 five W's or what? <laughs> I think that's what you called them like years ago. Is that's the the why why why? <laughs> yeah. And but. I would I would consider every time you get one of those messages, I would just send back like, "Hey, we're working on a free guide. Do you want me to add you to the early bird list or whatever the like the the notification list?" And then you can build out your email list because. YouTube can take away your videos at any point in time. Instagram can take away your videos at any point in time. Same thing with Facebook. Like you can lose all of those platforms, but you can't lose your email list. As long as you continue to export it. <laughs> as long as you continue to like have it saved somewhere else in like an Excel sheet, you can't lose it because you can get kicked out of email providers, which does suck. Gmail can take your account away. Um, so as long as you keep your list, when I did it by hand, I used to just have 10 people that I would message. Now I have like a thousand some odd. So I actually have a, a CRM now, but I used to do it just by hand. I would have a, a newsletter and I like built this beautiful document. And I was like, we release these videos this week. And we're talking about these things like join this weekly, just do a weekly live and talk about something and just start documenting your process of building the business, building the car, building everything that you're doing and people will flock to it and they'll love it. And then when you finally say like, we are so excited to announce that we have a membership site for mentorship. Like if you want to do this for yourself, it's just $37 a month, $97 a month, $297. It doesn't matter. But then people will be like, yes, just like you, you provided so much value. They're like, yes, I finally get an opportunity to pay you something. Like, yes, please. That's, that's and wild. that seems really crazy, but like, so all of this, just to give you some context on this, all of this, um, Catherine started this company and I was just like, we we're friends, right? And, and I was just like her cheerleader and I was like super excited. And then she actually like started doing the clinics and I was like, here, here's something that I can give you the money. Like I literally, I think I was the first person to sign up for her clinics. Um, and I signed up for like three of them right away. And I was just like, here, take my money because you deserve this. Like, because of like everything that she had given me for free before that, like, I was like, this is my opportunity to pay it back. Like, that's what it feels like. Like, just mm-hmm. like you, Jake, like you've been doing the same thing, you know, you're like, yes, I can pay you. And it, I think the first thing that you did was maybe $7, but, but it, you know, it's that good feeling to be able to give back to that person who's really inspired you. And that's what you need to build now. So. Yeah, I've I've been like modeling our future business endeavors sort of around like the clinic based stuff and never really thought about the whole entire like the whole round bigger picture of all the all the help that we can offer really. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing, especially when it comes to sponsorship. It's the same thing I talk about is that what you see isn't everything like you can only see so much until you there's a Russell Brunson has this saying and I love it. He goes, um, I, I attended this event. It was a seminar. This guy was, he was going on about all of these statistics and things like this is exactly how I made 
$100 million in one day through this sales funnel. And you looked around the room and everybody was like, look at this sales funnel. He's giving us this. I can't believe he's giving us this. I'm going to make it better. And the guy stopped in the middle of the room and he goes, we've spent $3 billion testing this and it made $100 million in a day. And you are thinking about changing it. Like, why? And the thing is, is, is is they would have never known all of the stuff behind it if they hadn't been a good entrepreneur and pulled out their wallet and paid for it. Otherwise, they would have just seen the first screen. They would have just seen, we're pricing one bottle at $24.95 and we're pricing three bottles at $17.99 a bottle. That's all they saw. They wouldn't have known that there was, there was upsells and downsells and consulting calls and like all of these other things on the back end if they had never paid the initial thing to figure out what's happening on the other side of the screen and it's the same thing with sponsorship like all we see are the logos all we see are the shout outs and the exposure but what we don't see on the other end of those deals is is the networking is the audience is the storytelling that happens with with the people you know that's why we get those oh you're only saying good things about it because you got paid it's because you didn't tell a story about it you're just promoting an object instead of actually like integrating it into your brand Yeah, that's interesting too. You you don't think about that. You see the rig and you see that they got three backup bikes with them at the track and they're running yeah. flat. Like, why would you need backup bikes for flat track? Because <laughs> <laughs> you need backup bikes for flat track. That's why. <laughs> right. As somebody who's raced flat track, I can tell you, you need backup bikes. <laughs> we do uh, spectate a there's a hair scramble that's like it's just a big kidney shaped track and it's it mm -hmm. comes over a crest into a hairpin and yeah it's it's crazy to see some of the rigs and then there'll be like 14 year olds with nicer stuff than i've ever had you know and it's like hey okay. and then you see the logo like you said but all you see is the logo you don't see mm -hmm. the fact that it took them you know seven points of contact to even get an answer or yeah like it, it what 80 percent are signed on the fifth to twelfth point of contact like yeah you don't realize that until you really break it down and start to learn about it mm -hmm. and that's yeah that, i think we froze we had to pause you when we when you were explaining about uh yeah the five five to twelve points of contact before you usually sign anything so we're like banking on yeah, the whole like email, 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 call, email, what is it? Email, email, call. Yeah, like the whole scheme to get it, get it cranking. And that's where we've been sort of beating on each other. Like we need to start this week. We need to start. And then, then I found out about surveys and I'm like, wait, are we really ready? <laughs> are we, I mean, there's no better, better time than now, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but. I think you guys, it's a lot of information to grasp, but I think you guys have done really well on getting it from the free stuff. You know, like you said, there's a lot of things that we've been able to kind of clarify for you um, that, you know, it does take that extra bit. And Catherine's providing all these resources and it's amazing. And, you know, sometimes people can look at that and they can just put it all together and then boom, they're, you know, doing it. But you know, I don't, I don't have a direct statistic, but it's probably somewhere like 60% need that extra help, need help figuring out um, their program or, you know, their audience or whatever, and really defining those things. And so that's what, you know, that's where she says, you know, it, it costs money to help people, 
but you you definitely sometimes need that to to have these conversations in person because I know that for me I've been going through this journey on these podcasts I've learned everything on these podcasts you guys watched me learning from ground zero and it's been like what two three months now and I literally call Catherine all the time and I'm like so I'm thinking in activations again and I'm like (laughs) everything in my life is like I'm thinking about activations now like it's so funny like but you you'll start to see it now that you've you've connected those dots you're going to start looking at everything in your entire world and you're going to be like oh hey what about that and Mm -hmm. so like really the possibilities are endless and it's a little bit overwhelming but it's so cool because then you start to see how um, doable your goals really are. Yeah. Doable everything is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. That's wild. I just have to say, like, it's really cool, like, being able to see you guys and, like, you guys, like, I can see it. You guys are, like, putting the, the stuff together. Like, I can see it on your faces. It's really cool to watch. <laughs> We take lots of notes. And I think uh, in one of my messages recently, I said to Catherine, like, how obsessed I've been lately, too. And like you said, you start seeing it everywhere you look. It's like another opportunity. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what it needs to become another opportunity because you're going to see thousands of no's before you see any more yeses, usually, unless you, well, we'll maybe get lucky. But, you know, (laughs) we take luck out of the equation. We're we're trained now. (laughs) Yeah. Dang, that's a great thing. I just saw the uh, I love that. time, though. Holy cow, I didn't realize. You said 1 p.m. at the latest. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was actually just going to move it into questions. Um, so I went through your survey, if you want to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Um, let me pull up the message you sent. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
you know, we can have multiple points of contact. We sound that much more official too. If we yeah. like, we were talking about it. We don't want to pass people around too much because then it nope. sounds like I, I met Steve who's Jake, you know, but um, yeah. we have talked about like, he can hit a few brands and I can hit a few brands and we can sort of, yeah, just work together towards it. And yeah, we started off choosing three to start. So we think, that won't be too overwhelming to start us off. It's just hmm. target three brands. Until we get more comfortable. Right. Until we yeah, figure out. Absolutely. I am. Um, you guys are going to laugh at me. So I saw this thing. And I actually think it's a really brilliant thing to be doing. Where every time you go get a cup of coffee, you need to ask the barista if you can have 10% off. Every time you go to get a cup of coffee, just ask the lady at the cash register or the guy at the cash register. Just ask them, hey, can I get 10% off of my coffee? And they're going to be like, why? And you'll be like, I don't know. I just felt like asking. And they'll be like, mm, no. <laughs> and that's to get you accustomed to like awkwardly just throwing out. Like, I guarantee you the first time you do it, you're going to be like shaking. and You're going to be you're going to get sweaty. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, can I please have 10% off of my coffee? And they're going to be like no and you're gonna be like oh cool and then you're just gonna pay the normal amount for the coffee and it's gonna be okay <laughs> like the world's not gonna collapse it's awesome and you do that and it, it it gets you accustomed to like leading off with a question that might seem uncomfortable and then just being cool with the fact that they said no and sometimes they'll actually say yes you know so it's it's that whole like it's the same thing with sponsorship right you you lead off with hey <laughs> can I get 10 grand? I mean, you're not going to actually lead off with 10 grand. They're going to tell you how much they're going to pay you, but it's the same concept, right? You got to throw that question out there and it's, and it's weird and uncomfortable and people freak out about it. And it's not that scary, but I can only say it's not that scary because I've done it enough times that it's not that scary anymore. And, and if you go after a sponsor that you really want to work with and they genuinely want to work with you, you guys have to talk about money. And everybody gets weird about talking about money. Um, I did it with one of my students that enrolled in the group coaching program. They're like, Catherine, we can't really afford your program. And I go, okay, are you open and willing to have an honest and transparent conversation about money? And they, you know, you could see them shuffle a little bit and they were like, okay. And I was like, cool. How much do you have in your checking? How much do you have in your savings? What's your credit card limit? And what are your current expenses? And you could see they like really didn't want to talk about it. But they told me because I didn't want to take all of their money. I genuinely wanted to see where they were at and see if we could figure out like what they could do the best with their money. Like that was available to them. You know, I would I would offer I wouldn't do payment plans, but I would say, OK, I don't want to take all of your money. What if we did one one month at this amount of money or like. What if we hashed out like this might not be the program for you, but this is in your range, you know, instead of giving them the power to be like, I just don't have the money. You can be like, you don't have the money where or that's expensive compared to what is one of my favorite. Like, oh, you want 10 grand for that? That's too expensive, too expensive compared to what? Because I just paid 12 grand to host an event. And I am me and the, the three brothers back there. like. 10 and you know, we're a five person business that has zero revenue right now. And we paid 12 grand, like expensive is not an objection. It's, it's a like, 
it's a uncertainty based objection where it's just like, oh, that's too expensive. So you have to challenge it if you genuinely want the deal and you think it's the best for your audience, because it's your duty to bring your audience the best resources possible. And when you lead off with that kind of confidence, then the sponsors can read that and your audience will appreciate you and love you for bringing them those resources. And it's not about you anymore. Dude, that's the cool thing. You don't feel like a charity. You don't feel like you're begging. You're like, listen, my people really need this. Like expensive compared to what? Because they're paying like three grand to come here. So <laughs> the least you could do is pay 10 grand to be able to sell your stuff to them. You know, something different perspectives. You have to get comfortable asking funky questions. Mm. Yeah, to get comfortable outside of our comfort zones. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Push it a little bit. Right. Every time you go to O'Reilly's to get car parts, ask them for 10% off. Right. Yeah. Whatever. And they're going to be like, why? And they're going to be like, because I buy a lot of stuff from you. Why not? <laughs> every time you go in there, every single time, I dare you, I challenge you, document it, record it. Every time you go in there, be like, hey, can I get 10% off? No. Cool. Thanks. And then you pay them anyway and you take your stuff and you leave. Take <laughs> Can I get 10% off? Why do you keep asking? Because why not? <laughs> and then you pay for your stuff and you leave. Like, <laughs> it's good practice. Easier to go and mm -hmm. talk to businesses. <laughs> That's the like one of the major things holding us back sometimes is like the thought of just walking in somewhere or like I, I sent you a message the one day and said like uh, we have a joke going about when somebody actually answers the phone and we're like uh uh hang up hang up <laughs> <laughs> like, we were expect expecting to leave a weird quirky voicemail <laughs> yeah but yeah we're getting and we're we're finally ready I think we're and if we're not ready We'll be calling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things that I talk about a lot in in the book that you guys are talking about writing is like racer resumes, pitch decks, business cases, all of that stuff is just a way for us to hide because we're scared. And it's easier for us to get a rejection from a piece of paper than it is for us to sit in front of somebody and for them to tell us no. So you got to practice getting those rejections in zero consequence situations like asking the guy at the car parts counter for a discount. <laughs> that totally makes sense. I love it. I'm excited. <laughs> Can yeah. I get a lot? All right. Can I ask any brands? <laughs> <laughs> and then if he gives you 10%, ask for 20. Just up it. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge <Right>. him. <laughs> <Can I? laughs> Angel? Yes? Oh, you just unmuted yourself, so I figured you had something to say. Oh, no, I hit the button, sorry. <laughs> okay. Technology, um, remember? I'm really yeah, good at it. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> hilarious. So, okay, let's talk about this survey real quick. So, when you send out, when are you sending out this survey? Because at the end, I noticed you said something about about a workshop so yeah. what's the what's the dealio with this oh you said it was a template that's right i'm yeah. sorry the generic template that i whipped together this morning and uh yeah yeah i'll have to go and go through and edit now that you said that but yeah 
Um, so the first off is like, so you're sending this out and you're going to say, Hey friend, if you get a couple minutes to blast through something, this would benefit us way more than, you know, and I'm adding everyone who fills it out to our giveaway list as extra entries. I'm going to send you a thing that I tag on the front of every single post that I make. It says something like, Hey internet. Um, we really need your help and opinions as we try and figure out, like, this is what we want to do with our program. We're, we're trying to build out out a quality education-based program for drift racers who are on a budget, like just lead off with, we're, we're trying to figure out like what you guys need and want from the industry so that we can build out the best program possible. None of these questions are gonna be required. Some of them are awkward. Don't answer them if you feel uncomfortable answering them. And if you have any questions about them, please let us know. Thank you so much. These are real questions we get asked in sponsor negotiations. So if you could answer as many of them as possible, we would really appreciate that. Have a stellar rest of your day. Um, P.S. If you fill this out, you'll get extra giveaway entries. Okay. Something along those lines. Um, so then the rest of your message says, first off, is that a decent way to present it? Just entered that. Uh, you're targeting three main brands down the road. Can I cut all the generic B.S. questions and just get to the meat and bones that help us leverage the companies we're working on? So let's talk about survey structures. Did you listen to that survey podcast yet? I'm at it, actually. I, I got to it yesterday and I was about to. And then, yeah, so, so we didn't quite get there. <laughs> okay, let me pull it up. Survey forms. Yeah, it was in, uh, I think it's episode five where it's point one and point two, where you, hit, where you split it into two. And the second half is all survey stuff yeah probably that sounds I, about right long enough <laughs> i wish I, <laughs> I know they weren't long enough already i'm so i keep telling everybody that i'm gonna make them 10 they're gonna be 10 minute podcasts and every time i do them it's an hour long and i can't help it <laughs> it's still great information like i said i love some of the stories you're telling and when is that um knockout event that's gonna be late august Okay, so you still have some preparation to do for that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's about to go up when Angel comes out. So Angel's actually on her way here to California right now. Um, she's going to be here for a week and a half before we go out to North Carolina. And that week and a half is just going to be Catherine doing cool enduro shit when her bike gets put back together for media for that whole thing. And then, um, and then we're going to be in brushy mountain out in north carolina and we're going to do some hard enduro filming which i'm a little nervous for but one of the ladies that i'm going to be racing tko with is going to be there so it's like a scoping it out kind of deal <laughs> i'm coming for you sammy i know you listen to this but i gotta know how you ride um <laughs> so that'll be fun and then once we hit the road it's just it'll be non-stop non-stop training okay so let's talk about surveys so this is that that call to action thing I was talking about. Like, thank you for taking the time to complete this survey. These are questions I get asked in direct sponsor conversations, and I need this information to find the right sponsors for the challenge. Please note that the survey is 100% anonymous, no name, no phone number, email, et cetera, info is necessary. And none of these questions are required in order to complete the survey. There's a question listed below that you are not comfortable answering or that doesn't apply to you. Skip it, move on. Thanks so much. It means the world to me. You can say means the world to us, insert your own kind of language in there. But the reason we don't make them mandatory is because we are collecting consumer information and you are bound to get somebody that responds with, oh, 
this is the scam. You're selling our information. Like, ah, and it's like, yeah, we're not, but thank you. And so that gives you the leverage to respond with, hey, I understand that these questions are awkward and weird and uncomfortable. You don't have to answer any of the ones that you don't want to answer. Um, but this is real genuine information that we get asked and would really appreciate if you could take the time to fill this out. And every, every single time I've responded with this literal exact, I'll just copy and paste this. And I respond on Facebook comments with that. And they'll be like, oh, got it. And then they'll fill out the survey. And it's mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, so the first question that I ask, so how I structure this is I put the very most important questions that I want the answers to first. Okay. And all of those BS stuff that you say, the BS questions, I put those at the end because they're not as important. They're helpful, but they're not as important. And because after the first page, your each page that your survey goes through, your audience, you're likely to lose at least 15 to 20% of your audience every page. So oh, wow. the questions that you have the highest value on, put first. So for me, the questions that I have the highest value in is how do you know Catherine? She coached me, raced with me, rode with her at some point, social media. I haven't ridden with her yet, but would like to, haven't taken a clinic with her yet and would like to. The reason I do this is because each one of these questions is a property that I host. The people I coach are different than the people I race with, who are different from the people that I trail ride with, who are different from the people I talk to on social media. So I want to understand the demographics of each one of my properties because I can sell each one of these independently to different sponsors. I can bring my clinics to different sponsors than my TKO racing. And, um, and then I can like bundle them together and do all different kinds of cool stuff with that. So then the next most important question is if a company sponsors your event, property, thing, whatever, are you more likely to consider their product or service for future purposes, for future purchases, assuming price and quality are the same? Everyone and their mom is going to say yes or maybe. The only people who say no are trolls, and we don't care about their responses anyway. But being able to have the number that says 100% of our audience or 98% of our audience will support a brand that sponsors this thing is a powerful statistic to be able to pull out of your back pocket. And then in the past six months, which are the following hobbies have you participated in? I know you watched the thing where I talked about like how you find your audiences, um, the different companies you reach out to where the very center of the target is survey. And then as you build out, it's like the cross brands and then the magazines that they promote in and then all of their competitors. Do you remember that lesson? Yeah. Cool. So that all happens in here. And then I ask them what magazines do they read so that I can target who who advertises inside of those magazines for sponsorship? Because I can be like, and I said, read, not part of a subscription that you just throw away. <laughs> because one of my selling points to the sponsors inside of the AMA was like, listen, this many people are subscribed to this magazine. I have three people out of 37 that filled out this survey say they actually read it. And the rest of them just throw it away. So if you actually want to get inside with this audience, I'm a better activation than a magazine and I'll have more return on your investment. <clears throat> so that's a good way to leverage that. Same thing with the programs. You target the advertisers, the non-magazines that you read are for cross-branding, um, sports that you watch also for advertisers. And these are my industry-specific questions. How important is organic food? How important is organic products? How important is training specifically for your motorsport, skin facial care? 
Um, how important is hair care? Do you struggle with corrective lenses? Do you find your hair gets snarly, tangled, damaged when you ride? I don't know if you know this or not, guys, but my target audience is women. <laughs> um, but I want to show you guys something really interesting. Do you find your hair gets snarly, tangled, damaged when you ride? Do you, when you ride multiple days in a row, does your skin break out in the last 12 months as a member of your household needed physical therapy? These are all sponsor-specific questions. And one of the questions I really appreciate is, what do you wish the motorsports community had more of? So for Courtney, when she filled out this survey, this response that she got from this question was amazing. Her newest activation is that at each checkpoint in the Minnesota Enduros, there is a like hide a potty, not a porta potty, but just a little, you know, the little kitty things. And then she has a little shower curtain that she straps up to a tree for the ladies because there's like five women that come. But we just created a pro women's class for the ladies in Minnesota. And the worst thing is when you have three minutes before your gate drops and you have to pee and you have to walk a mile into the freaking woods to like go and you have to take all your gear off and stuff. So instead, she just has a has a spot like right there, right next to where all the guys can just turn around and pee, you know, so that we have something. That was what she got from this response, and she got really good sponsors from it. What do you wish the motorsports community had more of? Bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird activation, but if you think about it, it has a lot of value for yeah. a very specific audience. I'm the one of us with an overactive bladder, so I see the bathroom <laughs> <you> everywhere we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, what brands do you think would make good sponsors? That's just like a throwaway one so that anybody that shows up on this list, you can send them an email and be like, hey, you showed up in our survey. Our audience said that they would like to see you in our survey, like would love to connect. Um, very generic. So then I move on to demographics. And why do I move on to demographics? Because demographics are important for understanding who they are. So a Toyota person is not going to go out and buy a Mercedes, but a person who has a Mercedes is more likely to buy like Louis Vuitton. A person who has a Toyota car is more likely to go to Walmart. You know that they're budget shoppers. Um, they, they, they're fine with like the middle-class kind of stuff. But one of the things that I found was really important when I go through demographics is that through your survey, you're going to pull out audience avatars. You're going to create audiences from your survey. And one of the things that I did, I have a recording of it. Maybe I'll send it to you if I can find it. I had a call with a physical therapy company. And one of the things I brought up was that my audience is 39% female in the motorsports industry and its average is 19%. So I already had his interest. But one of my audience segments, I was like, I have three audience segments that you can tap into. I have moto moms who have two kids um, who are, who make the decisions of the household. And then I have single women in their twenties, like adventure seekers trying to travel around and they sometimes get in over their head. And then I have middle-aged dog parents who like to go hiking and find it as like a, a side, a side joy. Basically they're like the, the adventure tours and they go camping. And he goes, I really want to talk to the moto moms because the moto moms will schedule their son's appointments and they never want to take the son and the father to different people. So if we can get the moto moms on board, then we can get the father and the sons. Um, the Dollar Beard Club 
Um, have you guys ever seen those guys? It's like a subscription to facial hair stuff. I don't know anything about them, but they did $1.8 million in sales in two days by targeting women. Isn't, isn't that a weird statistic? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've never seen a woman with a beard before. <laughs> I, have been, I know a lot of women like men's razors. They say women <laughs> raise suck. That's true, but they targeted women with a campaign that that boasted softer, softer stubble. That was that was their campaign was a kissable face, you know. <laughs> so and like beard hygiene, and the women were like, "Yes," because there's this thing that happens for girls, like when we when a guy has a beard, where we can actually get skin infections, and it's really terrible. So they targeted the female audience because. They have dads and they have husbands and boyfriends and brothers and et cetera. So for Christmas, they're like, what a great gift. I'll get them the like gift box for beard care for whatever, you know, like I know they love their beard. It's perfect. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so it's all about understanding who your audience is and how you can leverage your audience to get to your ideal audience. So Zach has an interesting conundrum where his whole brand is about veterans, but none of his audience is veterans. It's the wife of the veterans. And he thought that was really interesting until he understood that they're the ones that make the decisions. I have my entire website is dedicated to talking to moms who don't ride because it's all about giving their kids the education to be safe on a motorcycle. It's about their husbands learning how to prevent injury. So I talked to moms to get to my ideal audience. So understanding who is your audience is the first step to being able to position yourself as a good marketing asset. That's why the demographics are really important. And then I move on to, to the like, how likely are you do, to do the next or the following? I honestly usually don't use any of this stuff. The only stuff that really comes into play is um, like, we're extremely likely to purchase motorsports gear. That's how you get in with endemic brands. It's like, hey, 98% of my audience is likely to buy a dirt bike this year. I would love to be, I would love to partner with Beta to get them a deal. Give them like $500 off. They're more likely to pick your brand. Something like that. Um, it just gives you the leverage and the power to be like, hey, my audience is going to purchase aftermarket parts. And that's how Zach got a dealer position so he's a dealer for rocky mountain because he came back to them and told them that 100 of his audience is going to buy aftermarket parts for their motorcycle super cool we we sort of yeah i asked a question that was similar to that about um well one that stands out was uh, are you going to buy a trailer within the next like 18 months or something and mm -hmm. right around the corner from my house there's a trailer company so it's one of those like all right, this will be a good question to just leave in the template, you know? Yep. Leave good. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get in with dealers. <laughs> um, TVs and major consumer electronics, if you want to go to Best Buy. So this is all of corporate stuff. If you're going to be going to corporate companies, you got to have these numbers. If you don't want to talk to corporate, you don't need it. It's good to have, but you don't need it. Like travel out of state, travel out of country. I used for Camping World. Be like, hey. 80% of my audience plans on traveling out of state. Let's get them a, a rent an RV or 
something. I don't know. I don't care. But <laughs> it's just extra data to leverage if you need it. It's not necessary. And that's why it's at the end. And same thing with brand presence. Like, who's your current financial institution? I like to do this because I like to see who's the category king in our audience. So if Wells Fargo dominates our audience, I can go to Wells Fargo and I can say, hey, our audience is currently using you, but I noticed this really controversial thing and a lot of people are talking about it and they hate it. So if you sponsor us, our audience is more likely to support you. Um, and that could help cover up some of the recent happenings and make people like your brand again. And if they're like, get the fuck out of here, you can go, cool. Hey, Bank of America, my audience currently runs Wells Fargo. Do you want to tap into my audience because our, our audience is more likely to support a brand that supports us and we have a 20% brand loyalty conversion rate? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, we would love to steal Wells Fargo's customers and have more money in our bank. Why not? Because, frankly, who the heck wants to talk about internet providers? You guys need to listen to that interview with Brian Craham. Um, the CMO of Sherco, because his he signed a multi-million dollar deal with an electrical company. All right. Um, and he did it by doing a free jersey giveaway. Hmm. And it was because nobody wants to talk about electrical providers at a sports event. So hmm. he got people excited about the electrical provider. It's through a thing called a myth which is the most incredible free gift ever. It's where you have something so exciting that nobody cares about the other rest of the deal. They just want the one thing. So in this case, it was everybody wanted a team jersey. So they made them the title sponsor on the jersey. But in order to get the jersey, you had to sign up for their electrical service, like first 30 days free or something like that. So he signed them into a continuity by giving away a free jersey. Wow. Oh, he probably drove so much business to the brand. <laughs> so that's why these questions are important. I know they seem like BS questions and I put them at the end, but it's so that you can understand who's the category king and how you can position yourself to be like, hey, my audience really likes this person and I noticed you're the underdog. Let's get you in front of these people and see what happens. My audience is extremely likely to change their internet provider because... I don't know, Excel blew up. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about energy companies, but that was his specific thing was like energy is unregulated in the state of Texas. And there was there was something that was happening with the current electrical company that wasn't going well. So he was trying to get the underdog. So Amigo, it was originally just going to be a $25,000 deal and he moved them to multi-million dollar deals by lowering customer acquisition costs because it costs $25 to build a jersey, but they were spending over $50 to sign a new customer by marketing to their direct competitor. So by getting in at a lower cost to get to a new audience, he gave them a much lower customer acquisition cost and signed a ton of money. That's wild. Yeah, we just need to make sure that we look at everything that we do from multiple perspectives, not just whatever comes to light. That's, I think, maybe where we're <laughs> It because there's a lot of ways to look at the situation yeah and it's hard especially if you're not like if you don't have the experience in marketing it's hard to see all of the different possibilities for activations i just had a girl reach out to me she's like this is so great the questions you gave me to ask people i think it's really amazing i was really thinking about just telling them about my trailer and i was like no don't don't 
don't just tell them about your trailer. Ask them what they want because everybody tells them what they need. Nobody, nobody listens to them. So if they feel like they're being listened to, they'll talk forever. They will never stop talking. They will tell you exactly what they want and exactly how to do it. And they will come up with all their own ideas. All you got to do is just kind of guide it. You'll be like, cool, if you want to do that, we can make that happen. Like, what's your budget? And we'll figure it out from there. And we'll be like, like, yeah, please. You know, so it's just, it's about being able to to take the step back. And it, it took like three iterations for her to be like, oh, I get it. Like, I'm the one asking for money. The least I could do is is let them say what they want to say. And it's like, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't just then after they tell you exactly what they want, don't just throw in, cool, here's what we can do. Like, don't do that. Like, go with what they say. You know, don't just be like, I noticed you said these things. I'm going to completely ignore everything you just said. Here are the logos I can get you. Like, don't don't do that. Actually roll with what they want. That makes total sense. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> don't just try to sell. Just actually yep. listen to what you have to say. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually listen to them. Hear what they want. <laughs> That's great. Well, I, I know you said you were on sort of a time constraint today. I don't want to keep holding you up here. It's all good. Um, was this helpful for you guys? 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, Angel, do you have any questions or final words for these gentlemen? No, I'm going really for the excited to see where you guys button. go with this. <laughs> I'm really excited to see where you guys go with this. And um, like, this is really cool to just be a part of. I, I love, like I said, seeing you guys, like I can see the wheels turning. So this is awesome. Yeah. Congratulations on taking the next step. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo. Um, cool. In the meantime, do you guys want to do a selfish plug before I do my selfish plug at the end of this? Is there anything you want to say to the people who are listening or, um, how do they find you? How do they get in contact with you? Where do, where do they go? Yeah. So if you wanted to follow us, uh, we, we have a pretty active, uh, Instagram account. Um, it's going to be get torqued motorsport and at get torqued racing to, I think, what are the underscores? But, um, we do have our YouTube following too, that we've been trying to build out and that's just get torqued on YouTube. And yeah, we're constantly trying to push more content and grow our community. So yeah, if, if, if you feel like following our journey, uh, we'll be doing this at least the next 10 or 20 years. Yeah, hopefully a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Heck yes. Nice. Was awesome. Asked, we, All right. Do we get a dad joke at the end? Do we get... Well, of course you're going to do a dad do joke, but I have to do myself a plug oh, first. God. <laughs> and I didn't even tell them, Angel. I completely forgot. I didn't even give them a heads I up, but they were so on it. I'm so proud of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, selfish plug. If you want to check out the free book, just go to don'tsaysponsorship.com. That has the 20-plus secrets that these guys have been studying, but in even further depth. And then after you get that free book, on the next page, there's actually an offer to join our membership site where we have the community with gentlemen like this. You guys are going to get the invite to the community. Congratulations. Um, community of gentlemen just like this who are working through this process. And you can also get in contact with Angel and I through that community. 
as well as access to our massive online course that I've been teaching to my group coaching students so you can get further in-depth in the book. You'll get weekly releases to the new books that we're writing as far as audience secrets and programs secrets go so that you can build programs kind of like what these guys are talking about. Figure out what it takes to be able to make your own money in motorsports so that you can help grow the community, get sponsors to back it, and how to grow the audience for those communities. All of that stuff is inside that membership site. And it all starts with www.dontsaysponsorship.com. And it's all free. The first 30 days are free on the membership site. And I don't restrict any of the content you get. You get recorded interviews with like the chief the CEO of Custom Chrome, biggest competitor to Parts Unlimited and um, Drag Specialties, why he signed a $50,000 annual salary to a father-son combo, uh, the, the chief marketing officer of Sherco and how he signed that multi-million dollar deal on those jerseys really in depth, as well as a three-hour interview with our students about what he likes about their programs, how they can improve it, get that information for yourself, and interviews with our copywriter and marketer for all of our group coaching students who get to work with her and figure out how they present their programs and build out their websites and everything for building out their audience. All of that's in the membership site, first 30 days free. And then it's just $37 a month to, to be able to work with all of that, cancel anytime, no minimums or any of that jazz. Um, yeah, all starts at www.dontsaysponsorship.com. Brought to you by Don't Say Sponsorship. <laughs> Um, I think that's the smoothest I've ever done that. So that was cool. Nice. All right. On to the dad joke. <laughs> Who's telling it? Are we telling it? Yeah, of course you're telling it. You're the guest. Oh. <laughs> we gotta we're gonna have to take I don't see anything about this dad take joke. The easy route Wait out. a second, I thought you guys were prepared. <laughs> we were prepared for a dad joke, not the dad joke. Oh, man. All right. I guess we didn't do our homework well enough, Angel. <laughs> what I, well, lately I've been living quite afraid for the calendar. Its days are numbered. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what else do we got? <laughs> I'm safe. Gotta have another one. Let's let's hear it. Here you pick one. <laughs> Where does this whole dad joke come into play? Did I miss out on something since, here? Since the start of the podcast, they uh, at the end of at the end of each episode, they do a dad joke. It's usually better than the one I just did. <laughs> <laughs> now my hands are sweaty. <laughs> Got me telling jokes and nervous. Uh... Hey, what color is the wind? I don't know. Blue. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Yep, my Google searches didn't didn't work out for us. We better just leave off on that one. (laughs) I was about to say, oh, all right. Um, Cool. On that note, you guys know where to reach me. Um, And you guys are doing a giveaway. Why don't you talk about Yeah, so every month, actually, we have a giveaway. It's usually some sponsor goodies, some partner goodies, and uh, get torqued motorsport shirt or two, depending. 
And uh, yeah, so every month, pretty much, we start up a new one. And yeah, that'll be on our social, on our Instagram. And we usually promote it a little bit on YouTube, too. Um, other than that, um, yeah, we, we were trying to build a Discord community, but that I don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> Zach keeps trying to get me to use Slack and it was really weird because I opened up the app and it had me swipe left and right on like direct messages in order to mark them read or unread. And I was like, I don't like that this is like a dating app right now that I'm like, I couldn't keep it straight. I'm like, which way do I, which way am I swiping for, for read or unread? Like I couldn't fit. It was so strange. Not, not my jammerama, but cool. All right. Everybody, you know what to do. Follow them on the Instagrams, get the free book, do all that jazz. Subscribe to their YouTube channel, get in on the giveaways. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Have Cass. a stellar rest of your day, guys. Really appreciate you guys taking the time to come out here. So yeah, thank we you. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye.